Hey everyone, this is Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and one of the co-hosts of This Week in Marvel podcast. You're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast with Randy Cruz. Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. And we are officially on the road to WrestleMania 32, live this Sunday in Dallas, Texas. And we're joined by MMA wrestling sports writer, Mr. Sean Ross Sapp of Wrestling Inc., Com. Sean, what's up, my man? How you doing? I'm doing great, Randy. How are you? Doing good, man. Can't complain. We got through the Royal Rumble. We got through Fastlane. We got through Roadblock and anything else that's coming in the way of WrestleMania. We are officially here just five days away this Sunday, WrestleMania 32. Um, just you as a wrestling fan, just how excited are you that WrestleMania is finally upon us? I'm definitely excited for that weekend. Despite you know, the the questionable build that happens for some of these WrestleManias, the show almost always delivers. So I, I expect no different from this Sunday. Uh, a few marquee matchups, a lot of stuff just kind of thrown together. But I, I know it's going to be a good show. Yeah, man. I you know the whole the whole thing the last couple of weeks have been about the build up and. You know, from what I remember, I think WrestleMania 31 had had a decent build. Though I think it was better than than this one. But at the end of the night, you know, most of us, including me, were saying that WrestleMania was was great, fantastic, one of the the the, the great WrestleManias in a in a in a long time. So me as a fan, you know, it is what it is. They they could surprise a lot of people on Sunday. I hope they do. And. Um, you just never know. We might be talking at the end of the night and saying WrestleMania 32, even though the on paper and the car looked little little suspect, but you know it turned out to be a, a pretty good event. Oh yeah, WrestleMania 31 in particular, a lot of people were trashing the build, and I thought the show was fantastic. There was some of that with WrestleMania 30 as well, but not as much because there was the hope of Daniel Bryan making it to that main event, but. <laughs> Really, every year, somebody's going to say the build is bad. And quite honestly, more more often than not, it has been kind of kind of weak. But the show almost always delivers with, with a very, very rare exception. Maybe maybe the, the show in which The Miz and John Cena main evented. But, uh, yeah, I mean, WrestleMania is WrestleMania. And the, the cool thing about WrestleMania is, if you watch Raw every Monday, you're going to get tired of wrestling because it's three hours. Right. Not every match means anything. Like, if, if The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler happens on that show, it doesn't mean anything. If they face off at WrestleMania, it automatically means at least something because it's on WrestleMania. And I think that's one of the, the appeals of the show. So you're trying to say Callisto and Connor did not mean anything last night? <laughs> oh man, it's it a little bit. It meant slightly more than it did when I covered it Friday on Superstars. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> Hi, highly anticipated rematch there between Kalisto and and uh, Connor of the Ascension. Oh yeah, it was uh, what they called it. It's, it. It was a Superstars rewind. Exactly, and <laughs> the, the narrative of the the match was. JBL saying a good big guy can beat a good little guy all the time, and I'm like, where are these good big guys that Kalisto is facing? We are chatting I with, yeah, man. We are chatting with Sean Ross Sapp uh, from WrestlingInc.com, one of the three hosts of the Wrestling Inc. podcast every Monday night after Raw, and, and I know you do some other shows throughout the week. I'm not really familiar with, so I'll give you that time right now to kind of just explain, you know, what you do at Wrestling Inc., how long you've been there, and how did the opportunity for you to be at WrestlingInc.com happen? Oh, gosh, I do a little bit of everything at WrestlingInc.com. Like, if you see pictures or videos uploaded on their Instagram, on their Twitter, on their Facebook, that's usually me. Uh, even on the site, I upload the, the pictures and videos. I write news articles. We do some news aggregation. If somebody does an interview with Kevin Owens and they want some more publicity for it, they'll send it along to us, and we'll do some highlights of it. I do interviews of my own. I transcribe my interviews, uh, my boss's interviews. Uh, a little bit of every, I do show coverage, live tweeting, 
the podcast, uh, audio, video. If you see anything on our YouTube, I probably edited and put that together. Mm-hmm. Uh, wor- working from home is very awesome, and honestly, the reason I got into wrestling writing is because I didn't have the physical uh, the. the the physical endurance to make it as a wrestler or an MMA fighter, so I wanted to be in the business. And sleeping in isn't bad either. I, I like that. But uh, it is hard work. It's a lot of hard work, and you'll never get rich off of it. But it- if you're doing something that you really love, it- it's fun. And I actually got the opportunity a few years ago. I worked for a site that I'm, I'm not going to mention, but they were kind of they-, they were kind of rough to me and another guy that they hired on. They wanted to aggressively expand into the U.S., and they hired us on full-time with the provision that we gave up all of our uh, freelance gigs. So that was that was a bunch of money I was sacrificing, but I was making more. Within two weeks, they had changed their tune, and no contract was signed. So I was left out in the cold. Luckily, if you work hard enough, people will come to you. And I was able to talk to Wrestling Inc. and Raj Geary over the next month, and I actually contacted him because I had a few other offers, but I thought to myself that I really wanted to work for Wrestling Inc. because it truly was my favorite wrestling website. And I was like, well, if I don't land with Wrestling Inc., I'm just going to get out of the business. And luckily it worked, and I I do full-time work for them now, and I really like it. Uh, Raj is a great boss, and he's one of my co-hosts on the Monday show, along with Mm -hmm. Vince Russo, as you mentioned. Uh, For the podcast, we also do Wednesday shows at 10 p.m. Eastern, because we had a lot of people saying, well, why don't you cover TNA or Ring of Honor or Lucha Underground or NXT? Right. Well, on the, on the Monday show, we don't have a lot of time to do that. On the Wednesday show, we dedicate it to non-Raw stuff. Thursdays, we cover midweek news and things like that, and we do post-pay-per-view shows as well. Well, it sounds like you are very, you know, fully loaded with work Monday through Friday um, in wrestling. Uh, before we got on the show, I, I did say that you guys, uh, you guys do a great job, um, you Raj and, and Vince Russo, <clears throat> Vince Russo on the podcast every Monday after Raw. Um, just watching Vince Russo and the way he, you know, just gives so much knowledge to people who are, you know, who live through the Attitude Era, who are, are just living through the recent eras of wrestling. I lived through that era, so I know exactly where he's coming from, and just to kind of. You know, just the kind of you know education he gives. It's like, man, if if only he was, if if so, if only someone like him was behind the scenes writing something the way he you know says it, I think everything would be a lot easier. And just seeing him um, work with you guys and give it off that knowledge, and just kind of hoping that one day we can get back to that wrestling era, which I, which I really doubt, Sean. You know, we, we are in 2016. Maybe sometimes you can't really go back 20, 25 years. But um, how did he end up on Wrestling Inc.? Did you guys reach out to him? Did he, did he reach out to you guys? How did that partnership um, unfold? So it's kind of funny. Vince and I, he had me blocked with, with for like the first month that we did a show together, <laughs> which is funny because you, know, me, and him have very different opinions, and mm. it, it extended well before we ever did a show together. Uh, my original co-host, before we did video and things like that, he uh, moved on to somewhere else, and Raj Geary approached me and said, "How would you feel about doing the show with Vince Russo?" I'm not sure who contacted who there, but uh, I was like in my mind, I'm thinking. Ooh, I don't know about that. I'm not sure how I feel about that because he had that reputation. And my thing was I didn't want to sacrifice any of my integrity for somebody else. But Vince, I think, is very misunderstood. And he doesn't sacrifice his integrity for anybody because he understands the wrestling business. Mm -hmm. And if you see him on his own show as opposed to ours, uh, I don't want to say he's toned down, but he he knows what he's there for, and he does it so well. He does it so well, offering what he knows about the wrestling business, offering his thoughts about the wrestling business. You'll hear him throw out some crazy ideas, and you'll hear him throw out some really good ideas. And my opinion on him has really changed. He's a fantastic dude, first off. But, um, yeah, I think that people have you know the preconceived notions of WCW and TNA and things like that, and, and I was a victim of that as well. I, or I've... 
I was guilty of that as well, rather. I looked at that, and I judged Vince. And now I do a show with him, and we have people who absolutely loathe Vince, and they see what kind of uh, takes he has on the show, and they realize that there is a reason why he was so successful in WWE and even right. in TNA for the first several years because people people are quick to forget that the 2006-2009 period was a very hot one for TNA before you know he kind of lost some power. I'm not saying he was completely responsible. But, yeah, I was hesitant at first to work with him. We did not necessarily get along because we had only interacted through Twitter. And since then, I've grown to really like Vince. I love doing shows with him. I think he's fantastic. I couldn't imagine not doing the Monday show uh, with Vince. It's, it's, it's very, very fun. What's the overall feedback you guys get um, from the shows you do? Because, you know, there are some wrestling fans that might agree with you, might, you know, disagree with you, might think you're just saying whatever. You know, even with me, I could, I, I could put something out on Twitter and say this is going to happen or I think this should happen, and I get a whole bunch of responses from different people out there. So, you know, what's the feedback you normally get um, from the shows you do throughout the week? Uh, it's generally positive. Um Almost unanimously positive, really. Occasionally, I'll get the troll, which, I mean, you're going to get trolls no matter what. Absolutely. (laughs) In professional wrestling, my friend, oh, boy. Here's the thing I've noticed most about this. And now, before I got, well, before I got to Wrestling Inc., I've been in college for, for four years. I did pro wrestling training. I did MMA training. Not at a high level or anything of that nature. But I wanted to do it so I would better have an understanding of my job. (laughs) <laughs> there are some people that will say, if you don't have any like WWE experience, you shouldn't be talking about wrestling on camera. Then there are people who will trash Vince and say, well, you used to be with WWE, you're just bitter. So it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But generally, it's, it's very positive. Um, and, and even for Vince, who's somebody who, you know, we've had the people that are like, oh, I'm not going to watch because Vince Russo is on you're lost, buddy, because he has some great things to say. I've learned a lot with him. And there are things, of course, that I disagree with that I'm like, Vince, I can't believe you said that. But he is he's very unique on that show, and I, and I like it. Yeah, I, you know, it just the, – the the trolls will never go away. Even last night, I, I, I think I put something out there that I thought it was you know, going to be true, and I said – uh, this is a few hours before Raw, so I kind of said, um, you know, this time next week, Roman Reigns would be the the world heavyweight champion. Okay. And I tell you, Sean, it's just like, like you say, damn you do, damn you don't. You, no one is ever going to be happy. That Oh, why would you say that? How dare you? Are you crazy? No way. Thumbs down. This and this and that. And it's like, dude, I just, <laughs> I mean. It, People act like you punted a baby over a Roman Reigns tweet exactly i mean <laughs> you know if i said Dolph Ziggler is your champion next week then i understand but roman reigns yeah. is more than likely 99 percent you know unless something happens on sunday it's going to walk out of there as champion and it's like all right maybe it's time to finally deal with with what's about to go down yeah i mean he's been technically champion twice before and i don't know it's just i how do you? I want to ask you. How do you feel about Roman Reigns right now? How they've built him and him possibly being champion, and what they'll do with that? Uh, I think I think Roman Reigns, you know, has been put in a bad spot, not, not, and and it's really not his fault. I think from when he uh, from when he first started to now, he's gotten way better as a wrestler. Uh, I think that's first and foremost. And he's just doing with, you know, he's doing, you know, whatever they, they tell him to do, how to act, what, what to say in the promos. And the fans are just, they just really feel like, you know, they know this is the guy Vince wants to promote and, you know, push down our throats to be the, the, the next guy, you know, as, to, you know, John Cena, he, he might be on the way out, you know, in, in, in a few years. So this is like your, your new next John Cena and some fans – they just they want something organic. They want something just natural. They want natural wrestlers to be a good guy or a bad guy. And you can't fault Roman Reigns. He's gotten way better as a wrestler. But, you know, as these older guys are more on their way out, you're going to have to start building new stars. And I think it starts with the guys like Reigns and Seth Rollins. But 
I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel bad for him, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it, whoever Vince wants, that's who he's going to get. And we just saw this, the, the same thing with John Cena for 10-plus years. John Cena made evented, I think, eight or nine WrestleManias. He was always in, he was always championing. People love him. People hate him. And, 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 and that's what you got. And I think we're going to do the same thing with Reigns. And, and Cena was so good at brushing that off. He was so good at recognizing the booze. Roman Reigns is not. I don't know if you saw that interview with Brian Fritz yesterday where he said, I don't care what uh, 30-year-old men say about me. I care about the kids. Well, he doesn't have that same appeal that, that John Cena does. And one of the things that I think they've done poorly with Roman Reigns, and I've said this on the show, they are trying to build a six foot three, two hundred and sixty five pound former NFL player who is a millionaire, a handsome dude, and has Hall of Fame family members as an underdog. If he's an underdog, I don't know what everybody else on the roster is. Yeah, and you're right. And just you know, I I hope that post WrestleMania they do something with him where you know it'll it'll make sense. The, the opponents, I, I have no idea, but I, I, I do feel for the guy. If he wins on Sunday, then so be it. But let me ask you, what are the possibilities of Triple H walking out of WrestleMania still champion? Because everybody feels like, you know, even me, I feel Roman's going to win. But then we, we're thinking about how the crowd is going to react. Is, is the title match going to go on last? Um, so many things you have to think about, but what if Hunter walks out of WrestleMania with the belt? Is that really a bad thing? Yeah, I've thought about this a lot, and I think there there are a few opportunities. And here here's here are some of the scenarios. Triple H wants to portray that his character is such an egomaniac that he'd keep the belt on himself. Right. Or maybe he really is an, an egomaniac that wants to keep the title on himself. I don't know. Um there's always the possibility of a return if that match goes on last and Shane McMahon wins. Uh, I could see maybe him getting involved. I don't know. I don't think it would be the worst thing. The crowd might like it. And the WWE may see it as, oh, okay, maybe we can get the fans on Roman Reigns' side that you know, maybe portray it that he's being screwed over yet again. That ain't working. That ship sailed. It's such a weird – I know you probably watched Royal Rumble 2014, right? Yep. And how when Daniel Bryan got eliminated and the crowd knew that Batista was going to win, they were all in on Roman Reigns, all in on him. That's before they knew he was going to be the next guy. And that's before the WWE did this weird thing where they were like, okay, let's, let's make him look like an underdog. If, and they, they, they rectified that a little bit recently by having him just absolutely destroy people, but it's a, too little too late. That should have happened a year ago. He should have ran through people a year ago, maybe said a few words on the mic, and then let that be that. He doesn't have to be able to carry a 20-minute promo. There was a guy named Bill Goldberg who did a damn good job as a champion and as a character, and he hardly ever said anything. And usually when he did, it sounded pretty damn stupid. Uh, so, I mean, the formula is there. They just I don't know why they don't want to employ it. Yeah, I just think he's been, you know, in this path of bad luck. Because, you know, like you said, 2014, Batista won it. And everybody in the crowd was cheering Roman Reigns like, oh, okay. And maybe that should have been a time to pull the trigger and put Roman Reigns in the spotlight. But at the same time, in, in, in the same lane, you had this whole Daniel Bryan yes movement coming up. So you weren't going to push that to decide to build up Roman Reigns. And you fast forward a year later in Philly for 2015, and people just knew right from the beginning that Reigns and maybe like one other guy had a, had a, had a big chance to win it. And then you out there with Big Show, Rusev, and Kane as the final four or five yeah. with, with, with Roman, you automatically know Big Show's not winning, Kane's not winning, Rusev's not winning. So at least make it seem more believable and not so – too predictable that this guy's going to win. Make him earn it, make him fight for it, and just, you know, rewind a little bit. To me, John Cena could play that off because he's better on the microphone than Reigns, and Reigns, to me, is still, what, three, four years in, has not 
gotten better micro- microphone skills to where he can just brush it off because whatever he says, I I don't believe what he's saying. It sounds like you know it, it's predetermined, it's written, it's not really Roman Reigns. So I think that that kind of makes the fan feel like we're not really getting getting the the the, the whole true character of Roman Reigns. I thought that there were a couple of times he showed a lot of promise. Like when he was in the ring and he was trying to cut a promo, it was about a year ago. And the crowd was chanting, Cena sucks, Cena sucks at him for no reason. And he just took the mic and said, when Roman Reigns is in the ring, you're damn right, Cena sucks. And the crowd popped. I thought that was fantastic, the way that he dealt with it. But he's not given that opportunity now. And really, Raw at three hours is way too long. I don't think that they're ever going to reduce it because that's too much money for them. The irony is, at two hours, they put on these like three, four-minute matches and nobody gets over. But I thought just a few years ago when the Shield was running wild, they still had CM Punk, uh, Alberto Del Rio was positioned a little bit higher, and all those guys could go in the ring. Those Raw shows, more often than not, I thought were pretty good, especially in the ring, because they could put a six-man tag out there with the Shield and three other guys, and because the Shield was so over, it automatically meant something. And they could take that segment 30 minutes, and it would mean something. On this week's Raw, they had... Zane, Ziggler, and Sinkara against Kevin Owens, uh, The Miz, and Stardust. And with all due respect to those guys, I like several of them. Crowd didn't care. Even a smart crowd like Brooklyn, they did not care about those guys. They knew that these guys had been booked like like complete jobbers before. Not complete jobbers, but uh, dorks basically before, and they will be afterwards. So why should they care about them? It's really weird to me how out of touch WWE has gotten, and I don't like that. I, I mean, there are people in that company, on that writing team, who are in touch. I don't know if they're too afraid to, to speak up. I don't know what, what the deal is. I've spoken to many writers over the years, and they say that if you pitch 98 ideas, maybe two will go through. And there's a guy by the name of Krista Joseph who basically runs Lucia Underground now. A lot of his creative ideas almost all of them, because he's one of three writers on that show, are getting through, and that show is succeeding, at least critically, because of that. So I I don't know what has to happen. And here's the thing. If Shane McMahon wins at WrestleMania, we'll at least get an on-screen change. But Vince McMahon is still going to run the ship. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, and and, and that's the one thing I fear, like you just said. Shane wins, yeah, Shane's going to run Raw, but you still have those 20 writers in the back still writing the shows, and I don't think it's going to be much that Shane is really going to do, you know, in reality, not just just an on-screen character, but if he wins, you know, is it still kayfabe? It's still like, all right, Shane's going to be the the GM of Raw, run Raw, but is he really changing anything backstage because – He's, he's not the one writing the shows. And I think the, the whole authority thing has gone way too long. It gets too predictable. Like 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 Vince Russo says, you know Stephanie McMahon's promo before she even says it. You know what Reigns going to say. You know what this guy's going to say. So everything becomes too, too predictable. And I think it comes down to either A, they're bored, or B, the lack of creativity has just kind of like flown out the window. And like you said earlier, I, I don't – I don't want to believe that these guys backstage who are writing have just said, you know what, we're just going to do the same thing we did last week and last month and have the crowd just kind of buy into it because at some point, you know, you know, you know, we're not stupid, Sean. We, see, we know when we see an angle, when we've seen a match, uh, uh, how, a, how a match ends, we're, we're not dumb. So at some point, you're going to start losing people watching, whether they're big-time fans or not, and say, you know what, I just saw this last week. Why should I watch it again today? Exactly, and if we're being told, well, one, we're being told by Shane McMahon that the show sucks. So that that makes me believe that he would almost have to win because we're told by Shane McMahon in hour one that the show sucks. We're told in hour two by Stephanie McMahon that we're losers and that we suck, and, you know, that starts to make a viewer wonder if the two go hand in hand. Does my life suck because I'm spending three hours every Monday night watching a show that doesn't offer me anything? Well, that's what the WWE is telling you, essentially. So this is, this is such an interesting situation. I have no idea how they're going to handle this. But they do need some categorical changes. I mean, not using vignettes to introduce new stars. I'm cool with there being surprises and things like that. Right. But, but once they show up, do something. I mean, NXT does such a great job of – 
showing the history of Apollo Crews, showing what he went through, uh, showing what Finn Balor and Becky Lynch went through. That helps people invest in them. I mean, people don't want to – nobody's going to cheer for a wrestling trash man. And I don't think anybody did in the 90s anyway. But if they find out about these people, like, uh, did you see the ESPN piece that had Adam Rose on it last year? Yeah, I did. It was unbelievable. I wanted to see that guy succeed after I saw the horrible things that he had went through. He had been homeless. Uh, his child had to be fed through a tube, through its stomach. I wanted that guy to succeed, and I thought that they would capitalize on it, and they didn't. And they had a real chance because people sympathized with uh, Adam Rose. And you know, some people say that that's in poor taste, like they didn't capitalize on Cody Rhodes after the Dusty Rhodes thing. And I know that a lot of people would say, like, well, they, they don't want to capitalize on his death by switching him from Stardust to Cody Rhodes. Well, I mean, Stardust is a gimmick based on a bunch of uh, Dusty Rhodes mannerisms and things like that uh, that take into a, a really, really extreme nature. And I don't know. They just don't seem willing to capitalize on the right things. And I don't know, it's mind-boggling how there can be 20 people on a writing, more than 20 people, and none of them will speak up. And if they do speak up, why it hasn't went through yet? Randy, last night we saw Eva Marie return to the WWE as a baby face. Which would make no sense. <laughs> and they, they thought she was going to get a baby face reaction. They not in, not in Brooklyn. It's crazy, so I don't know, man. People like you and Raj and Vince and me and everybody else around the world should be sitting behind there, and you know we'll come up with with at least fifteen, twenty great ideas that can last you throughout the whole year. But you know, unfortunately, this is what we have to go through every Monday night, every SmackDown, and it just you know every pay per view. I, I I don't get it, but um. I don't, I don't know if I'm built for that schedule because I hate traveling. Like, I've had people say, well, would you ever want to be a writer? I don't know. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. you know, working for the WDB would be a super cool thing. But, right. and that travel schedule, I I don't like driving 20 minutes to go play laser tag with uh, my friends, let alone <laughs> town to town. That, that can take a toll on you. So you're you're not going to WrestleMania, are you? No, I was going to go to Dallas and the the plane fares well everywhere out of Lexington and Cincinnati is outrageous, but mm. it was just it was just not financially responsible for me uh to go there. And uh we're we're Raj is being sent there, Raj was gonna send me there, but I was like, Hey, listen, I can stay here, I can do a bunch of the work. Mark Middleton who works for our site, absolute workhorse, but even he can't get everything WrestleMania week, so uh I volunteered to stay back. I've got a couple of shows to host this week. We're doing a post-NXT TakeOver podcast uh, this Friday night instead of our Wednesday show where we talk all the non-Raw stuff. So a lot on my plate this week, my friend. I hear that, man. And, you know, you you know, you know, just mentioned NXT, and a lot of people out there are, really can't wait for that. They're, they're really saying that's going to be better than WrestleMania on, on, on Friday night. Um how is WrestleMania going to? I mean, I, I can't believe I mean, you know, access, but can WrestleMania be better than NXT? And I know we haven't seen it yet, but the, everybody out there just anticipating NXT to be better than, than Mania. But how is WrestleMania going to be special for the fans this year? It, should a, a, a swerve happen, a major heel turn, a major surprise? Um, do the matches have to be top notch? So. On Monday, we can say, you know what, NXT was pretty good on on Friday, but WrestleMania was better because of this. What has to happen on Sunday? Well, I don't think they're going to match them in the ring. Uh, I think Gable and Jordan against Dash and Dawson is a dark horse for one of the best matches of the weekend because they had they've they've been tearing it up at live events and things like that. And Gable and Jordan are something special. Uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. I'm not that big of a fan of Finn Balor in the ring, but I know that that match is going to tear tear everything apart. Oscar uh, and Bailey's going to be awesome. So I don't know if WrestleMania can match NXT in the ring, but as an overall presentation, they have the benefit of having guys like The Rock and John Cena and Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels at their disposal to at least appear in some capacity. So I think they have an opportunity for that. 
injuries and bad booking have really ravaged them. I mean, they could have overcome the injuries if they booked really, really well and made some people really strong for the show, but they didn't do that. So they are a victim of their own bad booking. Uh, but And it's, it's funny because no matter what happens, there's going to be somebody that says it's predictable. Even if a huge swerve happens, because all of these scenarios have been at least brought up, I, I would have to think that they wouldn't insult the fans by having some terrible ending. I would think that they wouldn't. I mean, last year they had a big swerve with Seth Rollins. Uh, the year before that, they gave the fans what they wanted with Daniel Bryan. So, uh, yeah, I would think that they would keep that trend because the last two WrestleManias were pretty well received. If the show ends well, generally it's, it's remembered in a positive tone. But they're going to have to do something big. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it could be. If, if The Rock showed up to endorse Roman Reigns after uh, he won the title, and then Roman Reigns just speared The Rock. I think that would be fantastic. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, you know, like you meant, like you mentioned, WrestleMania 30 had the whole Daniel Bryan thing. They even had Taker losing to Brock Lesnar. I think many people did not see that coming. So that was, you know, pretty awesome. And then last year with Seth Rollins, you know, cashing the Money in the Bank um, at the end was was pretty cool. And I don't know, man. I'm just. Maybe it's my wrestling fandom for for so long that just wants me to, to sit back, relax, and say, you know what, this whole show was not 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 predictable. Like I didn't I didn't think he was gonna win. I didn't think she was gonna win. I, I didn't see that coming. I think if if you present that in, in in many ways more than one, then we could say, you know what, it was it was a pretty you know pretty good night. But if you put that match on last and it Reigns wins and he's the baby face and the, the fireworks are going off and it's like all right. Well, we all knew that was going to happen, so now what's going to happen tomorrow night? I don't know, man. It just, I, I really don't know because it, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's funny, man. To, it's crazy. Uh, it comes down to, I think we all think that Reigns is going to win, but it's like, are they dumb enough to try to portray him as a babyface underdog? That's the unpredictable nature of it. Uh, Shane McMahon, Undertaker, no idea who's going to win. Dean Ambrose Lesnar, uh, three months ago, I'd say no way that uh, Ambrose wins, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe they do that now. The Divas title match, that's, I mean, a little bit unpredictable, not that much. The ladder match, I think that's predictable. The Styles-Jericho match, predictable. Uh, but the, the marquee matches, I think, at least have some sense of unpredictability in them at, to some level. Yeah, and, and plus, you know, all these guys and gals being injured, you know, Orton, Cena, Rollins, Sting, Nikki Bella, I mean, we, Tyson oh, Kidd, Cesaro. Yeah. Um, Luke Harper now. Luke Harper. Everybody out. Neville, it just, you know, it just won't stop. And um, I read somewhere that Ordnance and Cesaro are supposed to be coming back next month. So if, if that's the case, um, that's a damn good, you know, breath of fresh air for the company uh maybe seth rollins before the summertime but i ask you which which injured star do you miss the most right now sean ah man that's that's between john cena and seth rollins because seth rollins is just unbelievable in the ring he was really reaching his potential but john cena has this way of making anything that he's involved in seem bigger and that's something that wrestling is missing um I miss Cesaro in the ring, of course, but I'd have to say Seth Rollins if I if I had to really really say it because there are a lot more first time matchups for Seth Rollins than John Cena at this point. Although after WrestleMania, the whole landscape could be different. You look around and you have you have Kevin Owens who hasn't faced a lot of these guys. AJ Styles hasn't faced a lot of these guys. Maybe Finn Balor and the Balor Club who haven't faced a lot of these guys. The WWE throughout this year is going to get a lot of people back, and it's going to hopefully make things better. Hopefully. But uh, I still don't know if it's enough to overcome those three hours every Monday night. Now, you'll probably notice you know, notice more, more than me, but let's just say hypothetically Seth Rollins never, never got hurt in November. Um, what were... What was the direction that that was going to happen between him and Reigns at Survivor Series and, and even leading to WrestleMania? Who was going to be walking in as champion um, if Seth Rollins and, you know, Orton and Cena are not hurt? 
oh, uh, Reigns is going to win at Survivor Series no matter what. That was that was the plan. And then he was supposed to move on to face John Cena. I don't know if that was like towards the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, but the plan was for Roman Reigns to win the title at Survivor Series and move on to a John Cena feud. Um, personally, I think I wish that it would have built to a Reigns, Rollins, Ambrose triple threat at Mania. I think that is a bona fide WrestleMania main event somewhere in the future for a first-time match. If they never have faced each other in a triple threat, which they haven't to this point, I think that Shield triple threat should have been and is in the future the way to go for a WrestleMania main event that has never happened before. Yeah, seeing seeing Reigns and you know even seeing Reigns and John Cena just just a battle of you know good guys supposedly good guys that the company has pushed for the last several years and you, you kind of make the fans kind of pick and choose who they're going to root for and I, I think that'll be a very you know interesting. Oh, I, I think I think Cena gets cheered unanimously in that one. Could you believe that? Could you, after all this time, all you had to do was put Roman Reigns in the ring with John Cena to get John Cena some some cheers. <laughs> this is a guy who got some booze when he faced Kevin Federline. And they found a guy that they could get him cheered with, which I said last night on the show, if you want to get Roman Reigns cheered, have him fight Eva Marie. That's that's your best bet. And you know what's so funny? I, I, I was never a big John Cena fan, but you know, as the years go by, you just have to respect the work that he does. And you know, the work that he did with The Rock for WrestleMania 20, I think it was 28, his microphone work and the, 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 the bashing back and forth, it just kind of sent you back to his, you know, thugonomic days, and it's like, wow, like, if I can have that John Cena doing the promos against The Rock, and he's supposed to be a good guy, but the fans are, are, are booing him because they like The Rock more, give me that John Cena more, as, just to, as opposed to the guy who's giving out towels in the beginning as he runs down the aisle and do the salute and this and this, so like, all right, I, you know, I've seen that, you know, that thing so many times, give me something different, but if I ever get that John Cena back, um, I'm 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 all for it. Well, we live in an age where like Deadpool and Walter White of Breaking Bad and Rick Grimes of The Walking Dead are like some of the biggest heroes exactly. in media. They they don't want to see a white meat baby face thumbs up type of guy. It worked for Daniel Bryan, and it worked for Daniel Bryan because people knew he really was an underdog and he really was overcoming things, and he didn't look like everybody, even though if you stood next to him and you saw the shape he was in, you'd be like, God, that, this guy, because all wrestlers are way more way more humongous than they appear on TV, if not in height, then in width at least. But John Cena has like kind of done that thing where he earns respect and the fans love to hate him. There are still a few of those people that are like, oh, I hate John Cena. He's a waste of time. He can't wrestle. Oh, that's not true. But he has earned the respect of people because they see what he's done. Over 500 make-a-wishes. That's unbelievable. I, I haven't even wished on 500 things in my life, let alone granted 500 wishes. So that guy's work ethic is just unmatched, and I think that's really helped him, and I think he would get cheered unanimously. And I'm sure it'll happen with Reigns 10 years down the line, too. He'll get some of that where he gets the respect and things like that because he has improved a lot in the ring. Like People don't give him the credit he deserves for the strides he has he is, uh, made in the ring. And you could just see how vital John Cena is when he had the U.S. title on a pedestal last year, and now the U.S. title has just dwindled to just a regular normal belt. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Isn't that so sad? Very sad. Very sad. And, and you know that that U.S. title match went pretty pretty late in um, WrestleMania 31. It was like maybe the third hour of, or sec, two and a half hours in. That was that was pretty deep into the in, in, into the card. Yeah, it's just man, man. Some some of the things. <sighs> what a difference know, a year makes, Sean. What a difference a year makes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And and the U.S. title and really, I thought the Intercontinental title had been treated well until this ladder match. If this if this match had just been Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, and you built you showed vignettes and you hyped up their history and their NXT stuff. 
cool. I'm okay with that. If if they're making the Intercontinental title mean more and making the U.S. title basically the lower mid-card title, I'm okay with that as long as one of them means something. One of them means something. But they don't do that anymore. And now we have Ryback versus Kalisto. Why couldn't that have been the ladder match that had Sin Cara and Zack Ryder and all these goofs? It's so <laughs> weird. I mean, Sean... D- you know, really, do we need the U.S. title anymore? I mean, no, no shade to what it what has what it what it it, it has been uh, throughout its legacy, but technically, that was a WCW belt. The Intercontinental belt is really the, the WWE belt. Do we really need the, the the U.S. title now? Still, they'll tell you that they need it because they they use it for the touring brands, and it's something to put on the B show whenever they're they're promoting live events. Like U.S. title, I mean. They have so many European people on the roster. I can't believe they didn't switch it out. Like when Cesaro won it, I thought for sure that he would say, I'm rechristening this, the European title, and then go that route. Mm -hmm. That way, on European shows, that can main event a show on a live event because that's just the way it works. (laughs) They didn't do that. It's really, really weird. I don't know. Now, I have no doubts. I guarantee, but I don't want to guarantee I bet that Kalisto versus Ryback will be a good match because I know these two. I know that Ryback likes to go all out on matches like this. Uh, I think the latter match will be fantastic. It's just, man, these are championships. These are things that people are supposed to have won. Uh, it's, I just can't imagine not caring like about a UFC champion, about like, like Conor McGregor lost, and I still care about him. And he's a champion. The WWE champions, a lot of times, you just don't care about because of the way they're booked. Hey, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty pretty a sad time to be a fan because we're so emotionally invested, you know, with our time and everything. So, um, I mean, we'll just see what happens on Sunday. But uh, I do got a few more before I let you go. You mentioned NXT earlier. Yeah. I want to ask you. Uh, Post-WrestleMania, do we see anybody from NXT come up to the main roster? I would think that if Gallows and Anderson are coming up, and I've I've talked to Anderson a couple times. uh, I talked to him in December right as his contract was coming up. uh, I would think that they're coming up together. Uh, If Finn Balor loses Friday, I would imagine we'll see him Monday with the Balor Club. Uh, I know they tried to by the Bullet Club name. That, that was pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, it looks like Eva Marie's coming up, unfortunately. I think Gable and Jordan should be up now, but they're not going to be. They're not going to be up for a while. Enzo and Cass, I would imagine they are coming up, because which I thought they were coming up after, after SummerSlam. I thought that it was really weird that they weren't given the NXT titles in Brooklyn. I thought that would have been huge. So I figured, oh, well, they must be going to the main roster. Uh, that didn't happen, so I would imagine that we see uh, Enzo and Cass, and probably Finn Balor. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Finn Balor fan, and you know, just having him with a possible program of with the likes of Undertaker or Bray Wyatt, they're all kind of in the same family, um, I guess, of how their character is portrayed. So if I see him with Taker Bray or <clears throat> I don't know, man, uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler or somebody who can really wrestle with Finn. Um, I think that'll be great um, going forward. But um, also, I can see a, uh, see a Battler Club Wyatt family feud taking off too. It, it will hurt without Luke Harper, though. I don't know how it would work without him. <clears throat> Man, listen. Speaking of Bray Wyatt, I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan. I, I think you probably seen when I tweet. You know, why doesn't Bray Wyatt this? Why doesn't Bray Wyatt that? Um, the guy has not won any title since he's been here. Um, I can't. I can count on one hand how many times he's even um, been a contender for a title, Intercontinental Tag Title, World Heavyweight. Um, it hasn't been many. Can we see something after WrestleMania or before SummerSlam where Bray Wyatt is in some title picture or really a, a big dynamic program where it, it, it don't feel like his talents are being wasted? He needs to be because the Jets have really cooled on him. He has a fantastic delivery, but the things that he say – and. and You'll notice they've taken him from the 10-minute rambling promos to a in front of the crowd to a two-minute promo backstage shown on video. They did that to themselves. You can't have that guy doing that two times a week and expect it to stay fresh. They have to get him involved in something. 
the excuse for Wyatt losing used to be, well, he's crazy and he doesn't care about wins or losses. That's fine, but at some point your character has to evolve. And he has to seem like a legit threat. They protect him to a degree, but he never seems like a threat, and he needs to. He needs to have some character revelation where he understands that championships in the WWE means power and uh, it means more money. More money means he can recruit more people into his family, things like that. I hope so. They, I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't know why he's not booked for anything as of right now. Uh, that's weird. No mention. He was on the New York Stock Exchange uh, ringing the bell this morning instead of on Raw last night. Uh, I don't know. It. I know. It's the last forty-five minutes. It's been me being baffled by WWE's booking. It's kind of weird. And the more I think about it, the more perplexed I get. But he is a talent they can use and they can exploit. In 2016, it is very, very hard to pull off a convincing, supernatural, creepy, horror movie character in WWE. And he does it so well. And I think he's been, um, I think he had the recent back injury that uh, kind of forced him out of roadblock. And um, I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure. I don't even think he's in that battle Royal, um, on Sunday. I mean, maybe the injury is going to keep him out of WrestleMania totally, but if, if he can go, you know, I, if anybody's going to win that battle Royal, at least make it, give it to somebody that can take that and, and run with it, you know, in, in the weeks and months after that. So Bray Wyatt, somebody who really needs to win something. Uh, I think, you know, Cesaro won it first and big show, uh, but they didn't really do anything with that. If Bray Wyatt can win the Battle Royal and say he finally won something and, and, and this is the beginning of something else, then um, I don't see um, why not that he won't win that if he's in it. Yeah, if, if he's in it and he doesn't win it, I think it's going to be Strowman, unfortunately. Oh, see, and, and see, my thing is why why push Strowman before Bray Wyatt? Like, what's the what's I, that's something that's something I don't get. I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but uh, they didn't have Dean Ambrose pin Braun Strowman last week. And I thought, why not? Well, why not? Probably because they have some weird plans for Strowman, and they've kept him out of the ring uh, primarily of late. But yeah. that's going to that's gonna change now. Luke Harper's gone. He's not coming back anytime soon. So Har- or Strowman's going to have to get some action in the ring unless they, they bring somebody else into the Wyatt family. So, barring any any crazy things happening on Sunday, we we both agree that Roman Reigns is, is going to walk out as champion. But if that's the case going forward, what 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 programs do you see him um, really striving in? Who, who's out there that's going to be the next contender for the title that could really you know make this a great title run for Roman Reigns? Gosh, it really hinges on the babyface heel thing because who do they have right now? Who do they have? <laughs> they don't have any. Ambrose, that's it. Uh, Ambrose and Lesnar, and I know they're going to build towards a big Brock Lesnar match at some point, but who knows when he'll be back. So your two top guys after that, full-time, you have two main eventers. That's it. Uh, Lesnar and Ambrose. Triple H isn't going to be around all the time. I mean, he'll be around, but he won't wrestle all the time. Uh, the Undertaker won't be around all the time, even though he's doing some live events. Neither will Brock. When you get Cesaro back next month, that's cool, but he's not at that level, unfortunately. Randy Orton's coming back. We've seen that a million times. They feuded for like a year. Right. Um, it's weird, man. It's so weird. I bet they are they are chomping at the bit for uh, Seth Rollins and John Cena to come back because – once they come back, they'll have, you know, the Reigns, Ambrose, Rollins, Cena, Orton, Carousel to go through. But mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, it's it'll, scary it'll, to look forward. And, and you know Triple H is going to get a rematch in, in oh, April man. probably. I was just so. going to say that. It'll be so them to be like, come on Raw and say blah, 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 and say – Rematch at the next pay per view, which I don't know what the name of it is for 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 April or, or whatever it is. Cause they they change have never up. changed it from Backlash. Yeah, Sean, listen, Backlash and a couple other ones should be brought back. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Roadblock. I, I guess 
that's just the old school in me. Like I want the judgment days, the backlash, yeah. the no way out in your house. Give me all that stuff back as opposed to payback and battleground. Because when you put these names on it, it's like, oh, wow, battleground, payback, something crazy should happen. But then nothing really pans out to be like, oh, wow, do you recall payback? Like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, payback is the one that follows up WrestleMania. And I just I hope this feud doesn't extend out to three shows. Every feud they do is like, you can't just have one match and let it be. It's got to be a best of three or best of five. I hate that. I hate that. Just let some matchups just be that. If people see a match ten times, they're never going to see it. want to see it again. I, I, I really do think it will, only because it, 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 it has to depend on how the match ends. If, if it doesn't end cleanly, then Triple H would try everything to say whatever he can to be like, you know, I'll get my payback next next month, i get my rematch, then we'll see another month of reigns in Triple H. Because I think he just... Uh, He's just the placeholder until some of these guys come back healthy. Cesaro and Randy Orton, they might be back next month, but, but maybe later in the month so that when the May pay-per-view comes around, then you can kind of throw one um, of those guys into the mix and slowly but surely get these guys coming back. But do I want to see Reigns and, and Triple H again? No, because if you, if you look at it, Sean, Reigns and Triple H have been really going at it for two years, going back to the whole Shield and Evolution. I'm like, really? It's taken two years to finish this whole feud? I, I agree wholeheartedly. That's why uh, WWE never does first-time matches on pay-per-view, hardly at all. Like I, A couple of years ago, I couldn't have given a damn about New Japan wrestling. And this year, they did first-time ever AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And, man, was I pumped for that match. Couldn't wait for it. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I thought that in WWE, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. It's happened on the indies, but never in the WWE. They gave it away on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. No first-time matches ever happen. It's so it's so weird. Um, and even even though we've seen we haven't seen Triple H versus Roman Reigns one on one, we've seen them beat the crap out of each other so many times that them making contact isn't special anymore. Yeah, it just I don't know, man. Maybe Roman I, Reigns I, and don't get me wrong. I'm excited for the match and the show. Right. I'm just I'm just. Not as much as I would have if I had not seen them beat each other up a million times already. Uh, I think the show's going to be fantastic. Uh, but I think it could be more than fantastic. If you're in Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium, whatever it's called now, and you have nearly 100,000 people, it's going to be a hot show no matter what, even if you're ravaged by injuries. So give those 100,000 people and the millions of people at home the maximum uh, amount, the, the maximum number of reasons to care about your show. Hey, man, real quick. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier about we don't know what, what Brock Lesnar is going to do after WrestleMania, how many times he'll be on TV or pay-per-views or whatever. Um, I mean, what do you see? Are we going to see Brock on Sunday and then not see him to like, May June, August, you know, what is next in store for Brock Lesnar? I would imagine that they they might ask Brock Lesnar to come back before SummerSlam because of their roster, because they need some more marquee matches. Because, like I said, they're they're really just too deep uh, at full-timers. I mean, you're going to have Dean Ambrose headlining one live event loop and John Cena uh, headlining the other. So they're pretty bare as it is. But – I would like to think that they would do that, but at that point, it's like Lesnar's worked with everybody right now. They got to get some new people in there to to, or at least build some new people up for him to work with. Yeah, um, should be should be very fun and, and 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 interesting on Sunday. I really hope I get to see Brock more um, at the WrestleMania. You know, he's just a big time talent that. Um, can sometimes go to waste because they just don't know how to properly use him. And and thinking with Brock Lesnar, for me, he's got to be in the in the, the the title picture or or somewhat close to it. And I, and I don't think they want to put Brock and Roman, you know, in the ring because some people are just gonna feel like Brock Brock is or Brock should win that match. And I think this time, Reigns will be in his third title reign. No pun intended. His third title reign in the last what five six months. 
you know, it's some some of the greatest athletes in the world of wrestling have, have never been a three time champ <laughs> within six months. Yeah. Stone Cold, with Shawn Michaels, The Rock, um, but you know, it just it just remains to be seen where they go. Like I'm done with the Raws leading up to WrestleMania, SmackDown, whatever it is. Just give me the Sunday. Give me something new to look forward to. So when Monday comes around, I'm not I'm not like damn. I gotta watch Raw because I feel forced, or because I'm I'm such a big time wrestling fan. I just feel like I have to watch it when I can watch something else. Yeah, yeah. You want to be given a reason to watch, not do it out of habit or be like a a prisoner of familiarity or anything like that. Um, I think eventually they will go to Reigns and, and Lesnar and try to solidify Reigns in that way. But if they do it, they better do it as a heel. They better do it as a heel. Brock Lesnar is a true attraction. Like, he is a rarity in professional wrestling in that the brand doesn't do better without him. The brand does better with him because usually the WWE brand can just sell the, uh, roughly the same amount. John Cena and Brock Lesnar, different stories. They they are attractions on their own. Now, the final one I got uh, for you, Sean, every time I talk wrestling on the show, and, and you know, especially leading up to a WrestleMania, I always ask the guests, you know, this might be a little tough one. You might need some more time. But um, what do you think are the top five WrestleManias Ever, whether it's your personal favorite, whether it's you, you think unanimously is the top five, um, is it a very clear cut top five, or do you need more time for this question? <laughs> oh, I'll answer it. I'll, I'll uh, do my best right now, um, and I will not in any particular order. I thought uh, WrestleMania 30 was fantastic. I thought it was unbelievable. Um, WrestleMania, I want to say 25, was that the one? I think that was the one with uh, Undertaker and, and Shawn. Shawn Michaels in yeah. that unbelievable match, one of the best of all time. I thought that that match more than made that WrestleMania. A lot of people might disagree. Um, WrestleMania 19 was excellent. Um, that match, if you go back and look at WrestleMania 19, it was so ridiculously just loaded loaded full of, of marquee matchups. Um, yeah, oddly enough, not not many of mine are in the first, like, 10 years because they don't hold up over time, unfortunately, uh, for me. Um, WrestleMania 17 is an all-time great, and I thought WrestleMania 18 was an all-time great as well. So all of mine are, like, since 2001. Okay, so I wrote, I wrote down... My five or six, five A, whatever you want to call it. I, I, Let me hear yours. I had thirty. I had twenty-five. I had nineteen. I had seventeen, and it came down to either thirty-one or WrestleMania three, just because of it. Yeah, being how much it meant, 3. and the moments and all that stuff. Yeah, I thought WrestleMania thirty-one was fantastic too. If you're talking like straight WrestleMania moments, you got to put WrestleMania three in there. Yeah. So I have six. I know that could be very tough for people to pick a top five and everything, but if, you, if you're trying to go top top five, top six, 17, 19, 3, 30, 25, and, and, and I think uh, 31 should be up there. But you know how people you know, would say 31, you know, that, that's too early, that, that's too quick. Well, listen, if you look top to bottom, the excitement, the surprises, the wrestling matches from top to bottom, the whole nostalgia with DX and, and, and um, NWO, there's no reason why you can't put 31 in the top five. I, I agree. I thought it was unbelievable. It far exceeded expectations. That's what I'm hoping this show does. Uh, not a great build, but I think, and even, <clears throat> even with the, the star power lacking a little bit, I think it can over-deliver, and I think all these people, I mean, this is what they live their lives for. They live their lives to reach this moment because it's very hard to stay in professional wrestling if your heart isn't in it. Some can do it, but very few do, and this is, this is their moment. So I think that they're going to deliver on Sunday. Yeah, and I also think, if my memory serves me correctly, I think today is the anniversary of um, WrestleMania 14. I think. Which one was that? Was that uh, Michaels versus Stone Cold, Austin? Mike Tyson, all that stuff? Uh, yes, it is. It was. Uh, it is the the anniversary of WrestleMania 
14. I just I have it up here right now. <laughs> so look, I I just helped hey, you out real quick. Hey, it's also hey, it's also the anniversary of WrestleMania 31 too. Really? Oh wow. <laughs> And so, WrestleMania three, as it turns out, a lot of yeah. a lot of great WrestleManias happen on March 29th. So if, if people out there listening, that's why they have this thing called the network. Uh, go watch WrestleMania three, fourteen, and thirty one all happen on March tw- uh, 29th. But um, real quick, Sean, who do you have winning this Sunday? And let's see if we can keep tally of this to see how many we get right. So uh, let me see uh, the Callisto right back. Who you have? All right, uh, the Intercontinental Multi-Man Ladder Match. I think Kevin Owens is going to retain. Uh, the 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 great classic we're going to see between the Usos and Dudleys. <laughs> think, oh man, I think it's got to be the Usos. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if the, the Dudley Boys won, but I'm picking the Usos. Another ring mat classic, the eight ten diva tag, whatever you want to call it. Team Total Divas, although I could see a scenario in which Eva Marie cost them the match and they all beat the living crap out of her. <laughs> um, New Day, League of Nations. Now, is that for the tag titles or they're just not really saying much they about it? They don't know. Nobody knows. They keep that's, changing their mind. They might terrible. change it again and Xavier Woods comes out there and says, we'll put the titles on the line. Uh, who knows? I don't know, but I know New Day. Probably New Day's going to win. AJ and Y2J over a weird storyline about them cheering names in the crowd. I got to say AJ. Got to be AJ. <laughs> I mean, what a weird storyline. Right? I know Vince very mentioned it yesterday, but it's very like, you know, I, they that's how bored they are with AJ and Y2J. Yeah. I, like, why not make this their third match? Why not make this the rubber match instead of the fourth match? It, weird. Yeah, um, the Battle Royal. I'm going with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, okay. If he's in it. Now, if he's not in it, then what? Oh, God. Are the guys that are in it? Oh, man. Mark Henry, if Bray Wyatt is not in it. And, well, I mean, if, if out of the guys announced, rather, I'd say Mark Henry, just because they might do it as like a send-off for him. But, uh, yeah, Bray Wyatt otherwise. All right. I think I got, uh, oh, the triple threat diva ta- um, title match. I think that's going to be Sasha Banks. I think it's Charlotte. You know why? Because I, I wouldn't mind Sasha, but I think maybe it's just too early. I think um, I like the. Maybe she will. I think I, the um, the current heel run that Charlotte has has been phenomenal. And, and I think I do too. just to end it this early. Um, I think that'll be that'll be more like a like a SummerSlam match for me, but WrestleMania, I wouldn't be shocked if Charlotte wins. Yeah, Ric Flair has been so good as their her heel manager, just added so much, and she has improved a lot. Yeah, I, I could see them definitely going that way. I don't think Becky's going to win it though, um, but I'm still going with Sasha. Uh, Dean Ambrose, Brock Lesnar. Uh, I'm from right in between Lexington and Cincinnati, so I want. Ambrose to win. I just don't think they will because this was a match they put together like maybe a month ago. So I'm saying Lesnar. All right. Shane Undertaker. I think it's going to be Shane McMahon. If you've told people that the show that you're watching has sucked and that you're going to change it, I think you have to change it. Yeah, you know you know what I see, Sean, real quick? I think I, I, I see Shane winning. Now, mind you, you know, Taker said, or McMahon said, he won't be fighting at WrestleMania, or this will be his last WrestleMania. Not saying he'll he'll yeah. retire, but my, you know, booking a year ahead of time, Shane wins, next WrestleMania, somebody down the road needs an opponent, he reinstates Taker to come back at WrestleMania, bing, bang, boom, you had that match. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. There are always ways around that. And I don't think for a second that they will decide that if, if The Undertaker's last match at WrestleMania happens, it will be with much fanfare. Right. They will promote it as such. So, yeah, I agree. And he's in great shape now. I think his last match would be with, with I mean, I, 
I would have wanted Sting, but if, if it's not him, I think John Cena would be the right guy to kind of I agree. end off his career at WrestleMania. So maybe that'll be for next year. And, of course, Reigns and Triple H. Go with Roman Reigns. Uh, I could see a swerve, but Roman Reigns is my pick. Yeah, I think I I think I pretty much have the same thing as as, as you, except the Sasha Charlotte match. Um, if if Bray is not in it, I go with Strowman in that. Lesnar, Shane, Reigns, New Day, Owens, AJ, yeah, Callisto, um, Usos, and Total Divas. But um, Sean, before I really really let you go, um, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter, find your work, WrestlingInc.com, the podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah, guys, WrestlingInc.com. I do shows uh, Monday night after Raw, Wednesday night at 10, so it gives people the time to watch Lucha Underground and NXT. Uh, I do those with Rob McCarron. You can uh, find him at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, a great follow. Also, Thursday night with Rob McCarron at 10. Like I said, this week we're doing it after NXT TakeOver, so no Wednesday show. Also do post-pay-per-view shows with uh, Vince Russo, who's also on our Monday show. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean Ross Sapp, S-E-A-N, uh, R-O-S-S-S-A-P-P. Uh, Randy, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Definitely appreciate you coming on, and enjoy WrestleMania on Sunday, bro. 